back, everybody, to episode seven of the Thoughtful Thursday podcast. Uh, today, we are looking, uh, kind of jumping off of, of Mike's message from this past Sunday and looking at Moses's hesitance to follow God's plan for his life. And we're going to be talking about that. So um, before we get started, we're just going to jump in and, and read the passage from Sunday. Um, just a reminder, and, and then we'll jump in. Sound good? Sure. Yes. No. I'm back. Go ahead. Yeah, welcome back, Mike. Thank you. We got Mike. Glad to be here. After a one episode hiatus plus 40 minutes. So, uh, so this is out of, uh, Exodus, uh, chapter four verses one through 13 says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, uh, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied, throw it down on the ground. The Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they'll believe the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Not cool, God. Now, Put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. Also, if you stopped here, this would be like a David Blaine magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh! That is absolutely <laughs> true. That music was going through my head. Okay. Carry on. It's the worst song ever. Going. It's the, no, can't do it. Copyright issues. Uh, The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River, pour it out on the dry ground. And when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I'll be with you as you speak and I will instruct you on what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. And, uh, I don't know, as I read it, you know, and I'm sure that other people do this and it's not just me, but you try to put yourself in that position. Like you're given this access to do these miraculous things and how neat that must've been. Uh, and still that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's neat. The, you know, Moses was so against doing this. He's like literally anything, anything else, God. And, for a season, I think it's easy to look at him and uh, be pretty critical um, when you're not in that position. But I think that there's probably plenty of times where we've maybe made excuses or tried to disqualify ourselves from uh, God's plan for us. And so let's let's just start off our time by talking about that. Has there been a time in your life where maybe you felt God's leading or um, you know you, you felt very strongly that God had something for you and maybe you've gone above and beyond to make excuses of why you're not the right person or why it shouldn't be you or all your feelings. Let's, let's Never. talk about that. <laughs> Put me in coach. Ready to go. <laughs> Always ready. <laughs> yeah. For me, 
rewinding a little over six years ago and coming here, honestly, I, 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 I probably didn't go as far as Moses with the, like anybody, but me, like I was willing to do it, but just really struggled with feelings of being underqualified. And honestly, a big thing was my age. Like I, that was a big hurdle for me to get over. And if I'm being honest, like it still is at times, like I'm, you know, I see as, that not as old as some as you at this table, <laughs> some as you, some as you, as some of you are obviously not good with words either. So <laughs> that was another thing I had a conversation with the Lord about. Um, I'm not good with words, Lord. And he told me who made your mouth? I said, you did. Um, but you know, when I moved here, I was 32 and I don't know, I just, that felt really disqualifying to me. And there was some scripture that was encouraging to me in that season. But I remember my first day here, I was honestly slightly terrified. I sat at my desk and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I don't know. What's the first thing you do? I don't know. Just sit at your desk and start reading or something. I don't know. It's just like the weirdest feeling. And <laughs> very open the Bible. <laughs> and so I ran across the street and cried and prayed. <laughs> That's what I did because I didn't know what else to do. Oh, I wish I would have been across the street. Yeah. Well, it was the auditorium at that time. Yeah. It wouldn't have been. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember that day very vividly because because i saw you crying through the window <laughs> no you you popped into my office and you're like hey i i think i'm gonna go like would you want to go over to the other building and just kind of pray and i was like yeah that sounds great um i was like let me know and then i think I just you just left, left. <laughs> and i, I was like oh I, I guess we're not doing this it was um, kind of a blur it was a blur i'm sure it was day of nick's life <laughs> <laughs> i was so excited and then um yeah, and it, I, I just didn't. couldn't wait to pray, man. I, I needed to now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand. It's, it's my prayer, and I need it now. But I, I think my whole life, I've felt you, and probably most people feel like this. Of there's always something that makes you feel like you're not enough. You're not, you know you don't have the right skills or whatever it is. But yeah, that that was definitely a season for me. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, the past can really get people hung up. Like if you're focusing on sin in your life or something that happened um, that you've moved on from, that God has redeemed you from, but that, I mean, likes to continue to bring that up. Um, so that would definitely be accurate in my life. Everything you've already said, mm -hmm. um, but also just being reminded from the enemy, well, you did this sin, so are you sure that, you know, you can teach children or whatever. So, yeah. 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 And I, um, I probably have a combination of those, but like I knew when I was 15, Abby and I were talking about this last night. Um, when I was 15, I read Isaiah six, eight, um, which is like Isaiah is in the throne room of God and the seraphim are on either side. And, and God says, um, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. In that moment, I heard that and I was like, yes, like God's calling me, God's sending me. And I had like a 15 year old's understanding of, mm -hmm. of what that meant. Yep. Um, but I knew in that moment that God had a plan for me and was calling me into something um, to pursue him and, and, and be on mission for him. And then 
you know, life happens. You grow up and um, responsibilities take over. And, and yeah, um, some of the decisions that you've made in your life, you, you start to think disqualify you and you get further and further from God, not because of him, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just pulled away. And so I ran away from God for a long time. And, and as he um, really was reengaging my heart and um, speaking to me again, it was like almost immediate that that feeling, that sense came back. But at that time I was like, but I've like, I blew it. Like, I know that's what I was supposed mm-hmm. to do, but I've blown it. And then the other challenges we, we think through our understanding and we see through our lens. So even for me, I'm like, okay, I feel like God's calling me to, to leave this career that I have and enter into ministry, but all of the paradigms that I have in place won't allow that to happen. Um, you know, education barriers, um, positions, like I'm looking at what well, I'm not a lead pastor. I'm not a worship pastor. I could be, but I'm not a worship <laughs> pastor. You could, <laughs> you could <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> really, really bad one. I'm not a student pet. Like you go through all these things and I'm like, I don't fit there. I don't fit there. I don't fit there. So clearly God can't do this um, because you're looking through your own understanding of it. And uh, yeah. When I started here at new hope, I was an interim youth pastor for it's still technically interim. <laughs> i mean just keep extending yeah it's just always hey. no it's still interim okay thanks i'll you're keep a, that in the back of my mind you're still in your 10-year probationary period <laughs> i only have like one month left will it be 10 years in one month mm-hmm. really wow uh, the we should like i don't know heck of stuff i don't know throw a party yeah, have like a muffin or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe a muffin Smoking or an a turkey. iced coffee. Celebrate. Smoking oh. a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can make it good enough. If it can make my top five. Smoked turkey actually sounds incredible, but <laughs> it does. Uh, I was interim here for uh, maybe six, seven months, and they were, you know, actively reaching out to other people and, you know, bringing in people to interview and stuff. And, and they enter, I I was interviewed for the role, even as I was interim. And I just remember, and I think you guys all know this story, but one of the elders at the time, who's a very like analytical, just like thinks in very black and white was like, you know, okay, Nick, you know, you've been doing a great job here. Um, You know, we see that, but you know, you don't have the experience we're looking for, you know, you've never been a part of a student ministry. And he just kind of went down like with five or six different things of how I was not qualified for this role. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, what makes you think you can do this role and, and be successful here? And I had the worst answer. Uh, I was like, I, I can't, (laughs) I can't promise you anything. I can't make any guarantee, but you know, I love students and I love Jesus and you know, I hope my time here speak for itself, but, um, and I can joke about it now and it's really funny now, but I think that that, I think Satan used that. And this was not the intention of, right. um, the of, question. of the question or, or the person asking the question in any way, shape or form. 
but Satan used that for a long time in me and my own head of, yeah, you're not, you're not good enough. You're not, I think when I got brought on as interim pastor, Ellie was two weeks old. Uh, I got brought on the second week of April. Um, and th- that just really, I wrestled with that for a long time. And, and I think, you know, maybe at times still do of just, you know, what are you doing? You know, you, you haven't been a parent, you don't know how to raise teenagers and you're trying to give parents advice on how to raise their teenagers. And, um, and so, you know, obviously I was offered the job and I did not say no, I didn't try to disqualify <laughs> myself. Um, but I think it, it definitely impacted my ministry. Um, even though I, I think that, you know, no one ever knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's probably things I, I would or could have done differently that I would have if I had had maybe more confidence. And, or um, I, I think, again, the reality is, is you weren't. No, absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I wasn't, you're not, you're not. Yeah. There's nothing in our own nature that qualifies us. You know, our best works are like filthy rags. Yep. So I think it's the motivation behind the thought, like I'm going to allow these thoughts to, you know, drive me into a darker place or, or an acceptance of the reality and then be amazed at God's goodness and grace. Yep. You know, it's just all that perspective, but. And I think, um, that's Look, why I think your answer probably worked. No, sure. <laughs> like there was an honesty of, yeah, you're right. I, I think if I could go back and change one thing, it would just um, being more honest with the people around me of how I was feeling mm. because I think that could have changed a lot, which kind of leads us into the next thing we want to talk about is uh, because maybe you're you're sitting, working out, doing whatever, listening to this or watching this podcast and uh, maybe you're in the position where you, God has put something on your heart and you know that it's from him, but you're wrestling with these feelings of, you know, not believing in your abilities, your giftings, your talents, um, or even maybe you're called to what God has called you to. And it, it doesn't have to be a massive, like become a pastor. It can be, you know, love on my neighbor that's next door. Um, so like to just open it up. What advice can we give? someone who's maybe struggling with believing in themselves, believing in what God has for them and maybe kind of know what I could share my faith with my neighbor, but you know, Mike, Daniel, Cammy can do it better than I can. So I'm just going to definitely my hands not. <laughs> we don't know your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, anytime I get in my head like that, um, I, I tend to focus on myself and all of my inadequacies or, you know, I'm just focusing on, I can tend to be a perfectionist. And so I like want to get everything right and perfect. And so I get wrapped up in that instead of focusing on God. And I think even in the scripture you read about Moses, it was was like, there was a lot of me statements in that. What if they don't believe me? What if, you know, I, I can't speak. And instead of focusing on who God is and what he can do and, and his character. So Definitely keep focus on God instead of uh, myself. And then I also focus a lot on others and what their calling is, what they're gifted in, what they're doing, what God is doing in their life. And um, I think especially for women, I don't know if men do this as much, but I just think that women are always comparing ourselves to someone else. Um, So like I started um, just... 
I started in kids ministry simply because Garrett was, you know, two or whatever, and he was in the nursery and they needed help. So I, I tend to say yes, like the, you know, here, who will I send? And I'm like, yeah, send me. And then, you know, and just see what happens. Um, so I started volunteering in the nursery and in preschool classes. Um, and then it was just, you know, Hey, why don't you help be in charge of this? And, brought me on staff and that was you know long ago I never ever thought in my head that oh someday I'm going to grow up and be working in kids ministry (laughs) you were grown at that point (laughs) I'm saying even as a kid though like that was never even remotely on my radar that wasn't something you were like aspiring to in any way yeah I know this is not a part of the story at all or how how long ago was that how many years ago was that well, Garrett is 27, and I started wow. volunteering probably, you know, when he was 25 just... 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's um, awesome. So here we are. Um, but just being very honest, um, for those of you who go to church here you or have children, and you have children, you know who Misty is. And so constantly comparing myself to her mm-hmm. nonstop because she is so gifted with kids and parents and just, it comes very natural to mm-hmm. her. Um, so I just had to realize that our giftings are not the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't disqualify one of us from doing it, but, um, I'm more passionate about teaching and, um, you know, don't have as natural ability that she has just with parents and connecting with kids. And so, and that's okay, but I just have to, um, celebrate her giftings and, you know, be, be good with mine. So focus on God. Don't compare yourself to others. Um, and then I kind of already said this, just be willing to say yes. Yeah. You just have no idea what God's going to do when you just are willing to say yes and you obey, even if you are thinking, I don't know how this is going to go down or work out, but my, (laughs) my mentor. Um, so whenever I was struggling through that season of like, I really feel like God may be calling me, um, to leave my career, but I, I, I want to know all the answers. And I, I mean, I think that's fairly normal for us whenever we feel like God's calling us into something and we want to move in obedience. We want to, we want to know the timeline. We want to see um, the game plan and how everything's going to work out. And, and I just couldn't see it. And part of that was, well, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that I'm not, you know, so, so what spot do I have? And, um, and I remember my mentor just kind of smiling at me and he said, look, Daniel, like God just wants your yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you need to come to a place where, you just abandon all the other things and give him an honest yes or not. Like you have a choice in that. Right. Um, and I remember like just the emotional kind of weight being lifted of me just saying, okay, God, whatever it is you have for me, my answer is yes. And I know I'm not going to have all that figured out, but you know, that's not for, for me. what's funny is even if, because with Moses, he does give him all the answers. Yeah. And then he's still like, yeah, could you send anybody else? Still? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I actually know. think if I knew what was going to happen, I'd be like, oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. But at the st- same time, I would be thinking, okay, I'm going to throw this staff that I have used shepherding sheep. I'm going to throw it in the Nile River, whatever. I, I'm On the ground. On the ground. Is that what I'm <laughs> Yeah, ground that snake. No, no, I'm talking about when he said that the river will turn to blood. Yeah, but okay. yeah, on the ground. Uh, because he showed him the, the staff turning into a snake. But when he told him, 
you know, if you do this, then the whole Nile River is going to turn to blood. Like in my mind, I'm just thinking, uh, like, I don't know. No, that's that's not possible. Like, how? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I've developed a practice where I will try to boil things down to the simplest form, um, as far as like decision making or you know like if I have a a tough decision to make or a big decision to make a question I will ask myself like is this decision sinful yes or no like okay if it's no then I can keep moving forward and just kind of keep asking myself some questions one question I think that's really helpful with this question specifically is do I believe that God is good and if the answer is yes do I believe he's worthy of my trust and if the answer is yes to those, then I'll, I'll agree to what he's asking me to do. I'll be able to give the yes. Because mm-hmm. I think most people, but my mind just starts swirling with all the what ifs and the what could happens mm-hmm. and, the you know, all those things. So I have to sometimes like just take a step back and go, do I believe God is good? Yeah. And is he worthy of my trust? Yeah. Okay. I can shut that other stuff off in my brain now. Yeah. yeah. And I think both your answer and Cami, part of your answer like would sum up um probably the most important thing in my mind whenever i think through okay what advice would i give um to someone who's struggling to trust and enter into this the first thing and we use this quote a lot like what comes to your mind whenever you think about god is the most important thing about you like do you believe that god is good do you believe that god is worthy of your trust because if not, how do you step in? How do you this, move forward? Right? And so, so that first question of um, your theology, your your belief of God shapes your ability to step into obedience, mm-hmm. and it, it matters deeply. Yeah. And then the second part of that is, what do you believe about yourself through the lens of of God, which comes down to our identity, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, if God has made me unique and gifted me in certain ways and um, through spiritual gifts, then I can be secure in who I am and how I'm gifted. And when those comparisons come up, when those lies enter in, like that has to be grounded and rooted and secure in Jesus um, to allow us to, to do these things. And so I think those two things. Yeah. I think something kind of going back to Moses not knowing the whole, like, yeah, you're going to wander around for 40 years and then not get to enjoy the thing that Good God, times. you know, yeah. God has promised you as a people. Like, I definitely wouldn't want to know that. Yeah. Um, but there's been a couple of times uh, recently since I've trans- transitioned out of student ministry where, you know, Jason, the worship pastor and I, who've kind of been partners in the student ministry, um, you know, for close to eight and a half years, just the two of us. And, you know, just kind of reminiscing about the good old days when we're in the tiny room in the corner, you know, with, you know, barely enough stuff to make Wednesday night happen and just kind of what it changed and transitioned to. And, you know, we were blessed with, um, you know, a growing student ministry and, you know, a new room with, you know, all the resources that we have on Sunday. And, um, if I had known when I started what the student ministry would become, 
I probably would be like, yeah, I don't think I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I definitely don't have the tools for that. Um, and so I, I think my encouragement or my advice that I would give is just encouraging you. And this also might just depend on your personality style or type. Uh, cause I, I am, well, regardless, you may be a person that wants to know the entire picture and the big plan. And so that you can like create a 42 step process to get from here to here. Um, you might be a fly by the seat of your pants type person. Uh, regardless, um, I would encourage you that you don't need to know the whole plan. In fact, you probably will never, um, you know, because it's not our plan, it's God's plan. And, and I think for me, um, that's what my kind of wrestle with is as a pastor and as someone who likes to plan and organize and control things um, is how do I, uh, because I think the reality is my plans are so much smaller and more insignificant than God's plans. And if, if everything that our student ministry did was based on what I came up with, um, it'd probably be a really sad ministry compared to what it was, you know, when passing that over to Alex. And so I would just encourage you, you don't need to know the whole plan. In fact, it may be actually really healthy for you not to know the whole plan because you may be able to do things that, you know, you wouldn't think that you were ever capable of or had the ability to do. And I think, you know, the truth from our conversation today is 99% of the time you don't have the gifts to do what God is calling you to do. But he, the, the quote on Sunday, I love that you shared and you might have to correct me, but God will never take you where his power will not enable you. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that, that quote. And that was one that definitely hit at home for me on Sunday. Anything else before we kind of move on? Um, I was just wanted to share this example. I actually heard it at the if gathering. Um, if any of you women were at that this past weekend, um, but one of the speakers was talking about when um, there was a famine um, because there was a drought, there was no rain, and Elijah. God told Elijah to go to this town, and a widow would feed him, and so he goes there, and a widow is there, and he's like, "Hey, go uh, bring me some bread," and she's like. I don't even, I don't have bread. I have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and that's it. And he's like, okay, well. So go make the bread. Well, (laughs) she's like, I was going to go home and use that to make food for my son. And then we're going to die because that's all we have left. And he's like, well, go home, make a small loaf of bread for myself and um, your flour and oil will never, never run out. And, and so it was just the speaker did an amazing job of just saying God had given her very simple tools and gifts and abilities, a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And he made the bread because it, her jars never ran empty. Um, so he will do the miracle. So I, I just want to encourage people. You may be thinking, well, I don't have these big gifts or whatever you do god uses Mm -hmm. you know the little things like you know what little we have yeah because that's even something that everybody at that time would have had access to a little bit of oil a little bit of flour and i i love that that's a good word thank you cammy well and it's not mine speaker from if gathering (laughs) (laughs) hey share that truth mike did you get a thank you for anything that you shared during this podcast not yet I'm trying to achieve it. I'm though. crediting him with great <laughs> quotes from Sunday from Warren Wearsby. <laughs> well, this turns I, out none of us are good at saying anything. I credited this yeah, woman hey, from If Gathering. Everything we say is well. Thank you, Cammy. Yeah, you're Thanks, welcome, Mike. <laughs> 
I see you. <laughs> there is a great quote from Solomon that there's nothing new under the sun, right? So let's be honest. Solomon said a lot of things. <laughs> we're all that just we're like, rehashing <laughs> things that someone else has already thought. Well, I mean, the story point. is in the Bible, so yeah. <laughs> it's God's word. The Lord said it. Yes, he did. <laughs> Trump card. <laughs> Anywho. Okay, well let's let's move on to I'm this is our recognition would be nice. Our lies. Hey, you're doing a great job, buddy. I appreciate you. You do have your headphones on backwards and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Are mine? No, you're no, no, you're you're good. Good. So is the side red? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. And it way. says R and L and none of ours do on the front because they're on the right way. Yeah. What <laughs> The reason it was, doesn't matter. It's just driving me nuts. I didn't want the cord to cross over my. That makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah, that makes sense. That way. <laughs> I just wanted it dangling out. He's here. also left-handed, so yeah, that's true. It, it's probably the right way for a actually. Lefty. What's funny is I looked at it the first time whenever I put my headset on, and then for some reason we couldn't do the podcast. We had to wait, <laughs> I so I took them like, off, like around forty minutes. Yeah. Okay, bud. Please don't break the chairs, okay? The struggle is real with them. Stand up and slide a little bit. If you broke that chair on video, I <laughs> would freaking he lose He had leg day mind. yesterday. He can't stand yeah, can't and stand. move the chair at the same time. Everybody's phones are silent. Oh, I got to pick up Cal. <laughs> I really do. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why I have that alarm? <laughs> How long are you going to be gone? Oh, you know, twenty minutes. Okay, <laughs> we'll just wait here. Oh, I'm taking these off. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he didn't have his alarm set? Forty minutes. Yeah. Okay. And then I didn't think about looking again. So, if if I've been looking at you, but like looking past you. That's what I'm, I'm like looking at it and I can't not look at it now. So sorry if I'm staring at you. I thought you were looking at you my eyes. You taking notes over there, Nick? Do not let Daniel put his own headphones on. <laughs> Are these my headphones? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> look, I'm not gifted at certain things. I'm okay with Telling my left from right is one of them. Are my shoes on right? Cal does that sometimes still. You and Cal can be boys. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, you put your shoes on the wrong feet too. Uh, let's uh, let's move into our last kind of thought that we'll we'll talk about uh, today. How do we put ourselves in a position to both hear from God and follow His leading in our life? Um, for you know the people out there that are listening, thank you, people. We talked about in our last episode how to hear from God. And so if you haven't listened to that, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you you go back and listen to that episode because the whole episode is about how do we hear from God? How do we, you know, put ourselves in a posture, in a position to hear from him? So maybe we focus more on the how do we follow his leading? Maybe when either we don't feel qualified, uh, we, we're not sure whether it's just us or God or, you know, maybe we just don't want to. Like in Moses's case, you know, he was given all these tools and resources. And I like to imagine in this story that God is just like, oh, I don't care whether you want to or not. I'm going to make you do this. Yeah. I mean, we've all done that as a parent, right? To our kid where it's like, yeah, we're just at the point now where I'm not, there's I'm no not, more wise. No, I'm not letting, I'm not letting up. And, so, uh, so I'd love to throw this out there and, and see if 
I get pushback on this, um, which is totally okay. So Abby and I were having this conversation last night and in the context of this conversation, like one, we're talking about Moses who has a very dramatic encounter with God um, on more than one occasion where God is clearly speaking to him to do something and do something big. We've shared stories um, about a specific, you know, call uh, to ministry, to leave a job or, or something like that. Um, I do think sometimes we get paralyzed by the idea that we're waiting for that moment to happen mm-hmm, for like sure. the burning bush moment for God to audibly like make something so clear. And I, like, I would just say I have very few of those moments or testimonies in my own life where I feel like God is just very clearly um, moved in such a way where it was like really big and really clear. Almost audible. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, Abby and I were talking about this. Like, I just, I believe God gives a ton of freedom in how we move, where we go. Um, some things are really clear and, you know, putting ourselves in, in position to hear from God um, has a lot to do with being in his word, has a lot to do with being in prayer, being sensitive to those nudges from the Holy Spirit. And then I love, Kami, what you said, like you put yourself in a position to say yes to serving in a ministry. You weren't responding to a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did I not mean, feel called. <laughs> it yeah. was just, there was a need. There's a need. And so, so you stepped like, into okay. it. Yeah. yeah. And then. There's a lot of needs right now in the nursery. <laughs> little plug nursery <laughs> plug but, but the the point being like sometimes we just need to take a step mm-hmm. and it may not be like god hitting us over the head or showing up in a burning bush to tell us to take that step but we know like this is a godly step to take yeah i should love my neighbor mm-hmm. i don't need god to hit me over the head and tell me to love that neighbor i just should mm-hmm. and then in that process um, god begins to work and do something yeah, I don't think there's any pushback there. I We talk about Moses' burning bush experience because it is amazing, but he was he was a murderer taking care of his father-in-law's sheep for 40 years. Yeah. Yep. There was nothing exciting, thrilling, life-changing about that. It was a 40-year-long career of shepherding before this moment. And we have because we read these stories or we hear them when we're kids, we just expect a life of burning bush after burning bush after burning bush mm-hmm. after burning bush. It's like you may get one of those mm-hmm. in your life, and it might be in forty years, and you might be an accountant for forty years. Mm-hmm. You you know you might be a stay at home mom for twenty years. Like, and I understand the discouragement maybe of that, but just really battle that and knowing that's what make. I mean when Jesus left, that was making disciples, right? Like, and it's doing the thing in front of you and you will at some point probably have a moment where you Mm -hmm. go like, I clearly know God is telling me to do this. If you put yourself in the position to hear it, but, and it might totally catch you off guard. Like it did Moses. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. Oh, a bush is on fire. Like, wonder what that's about. (laughs) Yeah. But all the bush is talking to me. And, and I think the encouragement in that is like, the the same God that is with you 
in that huge call is the same God that's there while you're shepherding, mm-hmm. right? In the day-to-day as you're following him, the same God sustaining you, empowering you, encouraging you, um, gifting you to do those things. And yeah. that's one of my frustrations with social media, honestly, is that's not enough anymore. Like, mm. it's always, am I doing something big enough? Is mm-hmm. it is it wow enough? Is it cool enough? Is it, you know oh, look at what these people did in the Bible and look at what these people are doing online. I should be doing more, you know, it's like, well, no. Like, your life is, quote, unquote, boring, you know. That's not the worst thing in the world, especially to your kids at home, you know, who you are changing their lives or to the people that you serve as an insurance agent. Like, serve them well, you're making a difference we just get so obsessed with chasing that high of what's what's wow versus like what is like now in front of me and yep. living in that go ahead sorry no um i was just gonna say that was really the big point of that story i shared from the if gathering about the woman um that yeah. fed elijah she was there in the moment like for every one of us we are here right now in the place we're at at the time we're at for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have to think, well, someday when I am sent to some foreign country and can be like, no, it's right now it's mm-hmm. today. And so especially if, if you believe in Jesus his you know, God's spirit lives in you and empowers you. So take that authority and the power that you have um, for right now. I don't know. And, and like I spent, you know, like I said, my oldest son is 27 years old, so I was a stay at a stay at home mom, even though I had a lot of spare jobs. Spare jobs. Spare jobs. Called? I got spare jobs. <laughs> I got jobs coming on my ears. <laughs> I guess like a spare room. I just got all kinds back there. Like literally, had a lot now of I'm thinking about jobs. spare ribs, and I'm hungry. <laughs> I was just thinking oh, about so like, ribs. Sound great. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I have no idea what I was saying. You had lots of odd jobs. But like, I just think of where my kids are. And I'm so proud of them. And so, and I'm not taking any credit. It's all God. Those were such important years. I would mm-hmm. never, ever, ever trade them for anything, the, yeah. being home and raising kids. So just a little plug for you moms too. Yeah. And I just, you guys probably said this many times since we've been talking about Moses, but it just finally clicked that he spent 40 years learning how to shepherd, shepherd sheep. Shepherd sheep. Shepherd sheep. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> So he could shepherd millions of people wandering in the desert yep. for 40 years. I was like, oh, he was being equipped that whole time. Mm-hmm. So God is equipping you and you don't These even know These people that it. are dumb as sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you're like trying to corral your toddler and he is equipping you for something. Yeah. And it was like, you're going to wish for that time back yes. one day. Just wait. <laughs> yes. And you're people are making an idol when you've been gone for a minute yeah. you're like i just wish i was back with the sheep. those sheep sound great also yeah. if you want to shepherd toddlers in our nursery yes god, we yes. have openings god will use we have openings and it's just an hour he wants I mean, to equip you now yes he wants to prepare you for something great yes. while you do something great there was uh the call five 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 I knew Missy's extension. <laughs> I'll give her cell phone number. I think she'll be okay with it. We, um, the church that my parents really grew up in faith in, in New York city, um, they had, I think it was, you know, we have our, 
uh, our you know mission here is helping people find hope one step at a time. And I I don't know what their official mission was. They were Baptists, so I'm sure it was very along those lines mm-hmm. of whatever Baptists do. But they had a saying that I could probably guess it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I grew up in that, so yeah. I'm right there with you. But our the the thing that was kind of the catchphrase of everybody at that church was need seen assignment given. And my mom said that to me all the time growing up of you see a need God's given you putting that in front of you and you need to try to meet that. So whether it's, you know, seeing somebody get bullied at school or somebody sitting alone at lunch or, you know, uh, an opportunity is, is in front of you, whatever it is from a young age doing little things like that to, you know, even in college, my mom would still say. That's why I sit with you at lunch. I know. I was just thinking that. Like, <laughs> genuinely, Nick does that very well. Like, yeah. You, you jump up and meet needs as quickly as you can, including, like, bussing a table at lunch. Yeah. That's interesting. Good job, Nick. You got to thank you. Yeah. Oh, We fine. should be keeping score. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going back through this episode and counting. And great job, Melinda. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you, Melinda. And Jeff. And Jeff. Jeff had a part of it, too. Uh, but th- but that really was something that I think as we're talking through all, all of this, it's something that has been brought to the forefront of my mind because I think that that can be a place that we go in our faith. And, and honestly, even for me, because I'm like, well, I do this as a job. And so this is my ministry. And I see that as like my ministry begins and ends in the box that I oversee. Um, and I've definitely felt over the years, this tension of, you know, I have people in my life that God is putting in front of me that because of where I'm at and what my role is, I'm like, well, that's kind of outside of my thing. And God is putting needs in front of you all the time, whether it's within your family at Walmart and the checkout you know, as you go throughout your life, God is putting needs, putting people in front of you that, you know, he may be asking you to, to step into their life and, and you don't need God to be like, Cammy, go do this to, you know, to, to respond to that. And, and I think that, um, my, another encouragement would just be, don't, don't wait for that moment for God to, you know, yell down to you, um, take advantage of what he's putting in front of you right now. Mm -hmm. So, it's a good thing too that like you can't use that box excuse anymore because no one knows what the box of your job is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an origami swan. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful I love it. thing. <laughs> uh, any anything else before we kind of wrap up? I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. I again, it if you were here Sunday, especially in first service, the towards the end of that passage that verse really hit me um with who do you think made your mouth and um i i've just been getting super emotional every time i talk about that passage but it came up again last night i was talking with a guy who goes to our church and i have a son uh who has down syndrome and so you know we were just talking about what our county board does for people in our community and you know what our church is trying to do and those kind of things um you know people in our community who have developmental disabilities and that verse just came to mind again and you know watching a video of him of them talking about their son and like you know i just 
I'd love for him to grow up and be a contributing member to society and those kind of things. And, you know, just reminding him of that verse, man, that verse is true here too. Yeah. Like, who do you think made, who do you, who do you think made him? Like I yeah. did, like I've got a plan. Like I, I, it wasn't an accident, you know, like, Oh, messed up here. Like, who do you think made him? Yeah. Um, it, it'll be good. Yeah. I've got, I've got it. I, I, I know that wasn't like a question, but that verse was included in what you read. So yeah. it's just been it. like super powerful verse for me this week. That's good. You should thank him. <laughs> <laughs> thank him. Thank him already. <laughs> it's like my sound like some mom He's would say. Fine. He's not that emotionally insecure. <laughs> he needs my approval. It does mean a lot. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. <laughs> thank Tammy. you, Nick. Yes. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, Cammy, you have our oh, official, unofficial sponsor of this week's podcast. Would you like to share that with everybody? I would. There were a lot of choices on the table this yes, morning. Yes, there were. But I'm I'm going with a serious one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I love this book. I read it on the way home um, from Uganda this last time, I think. But anyway, it's called Beginner's Pluck by Liz Forkin Bohannon. And um, she's hysterical in here. It's a really fun read. She is funny. She is. Mm -hmm. um, but she just felt like she needed to go to Uganda and help um, the girl girls there, young women. Um, and she had no... Uh, for like she just felt like she didn't have any ability to do it there was no steps in place there was no plan she just quit everything here and went um and it's just a, a really cool story of how god used what's what looked like absolutely nothing to build um i think she has she has a an entire clothing brand, brand. Yeah. yeah jewelry clothing yep i i think it's the biggest um business or something in Uganda. Mm. Don't quote me on that, mm. but um, it's just an amazing story. And she is helping so many women there just use their abilities. So I thought it was a good little book to plug in right now with what awesome. we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Also guys, um, if you're looking for a gift for your wife, mm? go to her website. There's cool stuff. Yeah. There's I've, I've bought Minda jewelry from there and it's really neat and she, it's very thoughtful. I've never stuff. bought my wife anything from there. So it's up. If we're being honest, I should throw that out there. <laughs> well, thank you for choosing to be honest. We got another thank you. What? I think I'm winning right now, guys. Yeah, I'm, it's a comeback victory. I'm in dead last. Well, one of the really your neat hair things. looks good today. Thank you. Stop. And this color brings out the color of your eyes. Nick's like, I know what you're doing, and I don't care. Thank you. I will achieve the most thank yous. Um, Mike, you were totally maxing out that mic. <laughs> Your mic was going red. So were, loud. Um, sorry. The the one thing that I love about this book is it's it's really about that idea of you know beginner's luck is not a thing, and that idea of pluck is like that spirited courage. Like you don't know all the roadblocks, so you just like power through them all. And that it's we were talking about it today. I've read it twice now, and. Like, I want to read it again now. It's yeah. a great book. So. <laughs> I read books. I read books. <laughs> well, I, I guess just, I'm going to read it a third time. I also wanted you to know I read more than... <laughs> any, Amish any, romance any, novels. <laughs> Have you read mine yet? Redeeming myself. Have you read mine yet? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Oh, okay. Man. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you have a great week and uh, join us back for whatever the next episode is. Yeah. See you.